0: The Magic Mike Show, where you
1: hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show, tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show, you can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com. What's up, everybody? I'm Magic and a Mike, and this is the Magic Mike Show, episode five twenty-three, Mr. Stomich. Fairground Cezar. <laughs> I texted Mike yesterday. I said, just a fair warning. This is one of the three weekends when we are mandatory to go to fairgrounds because that's pretty much all that's running uh, this weekend, especially since Oakland Park canceled for the weekend. Turfway Park canceled for the weekend. Yeah, lots of uh, lots of cancellations this week. Not something we see that often. The weather's just horrible. Unless you live in SoCal like us, then it's just it's glorious.
0: Yeah, you know, 60 and sunny, not bad. Uh, it's a little <laughs> cold throughout the nation, and so we've uh, we've had a lot of tracks cancel the last two weeks. And yeah, Oakland obviously, they're not even allowing training the last couple of days. No races this weekend. Turfway we already called it a day for the weekend as well, so it didn't leave us a ton of options. Sandy to Gulfstream, not bad cards on Saturday, but Fairgrounds uh, has. We'll go with the best card, and we get to cover one of the early preps where we have a recent claim that's running as well.
1: Yeah, we do. Uh, we'll talk about it a little bit more when we get to the Lecompte Stakes, but. Excuse me. We did in the fantasy league. We picked up Ethan Energy, a uh, a nice debut winner at Fairgrounds. Going two turns. We dropped Rappaport horse. I was excited about. We drafted him. He worked once more, and then he he, he disappeared. Like like a bad Rappaport tweet. It just gone without trace. MIA man. MIA. And that's okay. never a good sign with uh, three year
0: olds when you're trying to get going in the Triple Crown. You don't want to fall off the uh, the work tab because that generally means you will not be running
1: for quite some time, if ever again. Yeah, well, there are also some other fantasy horses that are running this weekend. Uh, a couple of maidens debuting, so you can check out the Racing Dudes fantasy league update over at RacingDudes.com. But we've got Fairgrounds late pick five for Saturday, January twentieth on deck. It's an all-stakes sequence with fifteen percent takeout, a guaranteed pool of two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Though, Mike, you're better at this nine, but I think two hundred fifty is a low number. There's going to be much higher than this for. There's nobody else running <laughs> on on Saturday, really. It's, it, honestly like one of the what, like way down on the list like 90th complaint about horse racing would be that
0: no one ever like takes a shot right all these guaranteed pools they're total bs because if you don't get 250 for this you're like wow we failed as a racetrack and that like that it would be bad they're going to get a million for this but they just throw 250 out there because they're they're too chicken
1: to actually put a number out there they may not cover (laughs) all the uh all all the love for the twin spires team that we have yeah Yeah, just
0: like Gulfstream like we're going to guarantee a half million dollar pool in our our pick six and our jackpot pick six and it's like that's awesome guys there's four hundred and fifty
1: thousand carried over you're going to get 50k bet into it don't you worry about it well i know we'll at least have our tickets in there maybe yours as well if you're playing along let us know what tickets you've got for it but let's get into it buddy Right is up mike here we go first leg of the fairgrounds late pick five on saturday january 20th race nine the marie kranz memorial stakes for nine older fillies and mares routing a mile and a 16th on the turf where'd you go on top buddy not gonna get all that creative with the top pick i'm gonna go to the outside here the
0: nine horse trufani uh, was really impressive uh, in the local prep for this one by two lengths is the favorite that day uh, took a nice step forward as well entering that four year old or the, the later in the four year old campaign, or three year old campaign now we're getting the first race in the four year old campaign last two races been over this race track she looked awesome in both of those I uh, was able to come from way off it and I do feel like there is enough pace in this race to chase that she should have a, a, a favorable trip even though she's going to be coming from the back of the pack don't love the nine to two price I do like a couple other horses or specifically one at a big number in here so I'm gonna, I'm gonna end up 3d but I think the outside, Tufani, is the uh, the horse to beat in this spot.
1: Yep, full agreement on the top pick here. Uh, ben Curtis, I'll, I'll yes, Angie. Ben Curtis, the jockey. Irish jockey who came over to Fairgrounds uh, wanted to, uh, he was a top flat rider, or I'm sorry, a, a top synthetic rider because they don't really have dirt over there. But he came over here, and it's actually the turf where he's been excelling. Connecting at almost 25% on turf at Fairgrounds since he got here in December. Uh, He's won 40% of his mounts with trainer Mike Stidham, who trains Tufani. So uh, I like this horse. I think there's enough pace here that she will be able to use that closing kick. But if you look at her last two wins, uh, they were each by at least two lengths. She was 10 lengths behind at first call and and 8.5 lengths behind at first call. And both times... That kick just, you know, got her into high gear. And what I really like is that it happened at Fairgrounds because, like any Twin Spire zone track, the turf course is a little funky and a little weird and a little patchy. And so the fact that she's got two wins over this exact course uh, makes me like her here as well. So we agree on the top pick. I have a feeling we're going to diverge from here, though. Where'd you go next? Yes, I guarantee we diverge from here. Uh, (laughs) Kind of
0: like last year at the fairgrounds turf course, everyone diverged when they got to the top of the stretch <laughs> or the path. I mean, if you, it was ridiculous. It was Mack in courses <laughs> at one point, and that, like the outside rail was the best spot to be, so you'd see Speed yep. <laughs> going six wide on the turn so they could be in the outside <laughs> path, and Closers trying to come up the rail with no one in there. It's just ridiculous. Uh, do better, Twin Spires. Do better. <laughs> uh, give me the two horse. Trying my heart out. 20-1 to 1, morning line here as the second pick. Uh, I assume that you're not going here in second place, so this is where I assume we're going to diverge uh this is an interesting horse so they thought highly of this horse and by they i mean the jose cameo barn who was training this horse in the new york kind of new jersey area uh to the point where after a, a n2 n1x win at belmont they t- went right into the lake three uh, grade three lake george at saratoga that didn't turn out so well uh went back into a stakes race at monmouth ran a little bit better there but not quite up to the level switches barns over to the shane wilson barn who is i'm not gonna say lesser known because like the he, put out almost 600 starters uh, in 2023, ended up 16%. He's got 147 starters here at Fairgrounds, but not generally a household name inside horse racing, but someone who places horses fairly well. So the fact that we're placing this horse in this spot tells me he believes there's some talent here. If you go back and you look at the race two back over the turf at Fairgrounds the horse did not break at all it was 12th uh, of 13 11 lengths back at first call makes a nice middle move to get within four lengths but it was three wide on the first turn five wide on the second turn never really had a shot to be all that competitive they run the horse back at the same level try and get him on turf at, or try and get her on turf at Fairgrounds and the race gets rained off and she absolutely freaks like Looked awesome in that race and ends up winning by eight lengths. Uh, absolutely going away it was nine to one that day. So it wasn't all that expected that she was going to take to the slop and just dominate. Uh, This is a horse that was sold for $400,000. So clearly they thought there was some talent in the two-year-old season now or in the when this horse was sold in 2021. I think we're going to get a pretty good jump up here. And, and the fact that Shane Wilson's like, you know what? I'm going to go to stakes company as well. After uh, cameo tried the stakes company twice Tells me that they think there's a lot of talent in this Philly, and they're willing to take a shot. And at 20 to 1, I'm willing to jump on board as well. This is also a horse that projects to get a really nice trip. Uh, there is, I'm not going to say tactical speed, but this horse is not completely devoid of speed either. I think that that race two back was a little bit of an anomaly. was never that far back early on in any race. Uh, the furthest back prior to that was a Lake George six furlongs off at first call. Or, I'm sorry, six lengths off at first call. I think we're going to see the, the two, trying my heart out, sit a significantly better trip and be able to get first run on some of those deep closers like Tufani. And at, at the price of 20 to 1 in a
1: field that I am not in love with, I'm willing to take a little bit of a shot here. I'll agree with you that I, uh, I'm i not in love with anyone outside of the, uh, the nine horse that we both put on top, but... I couldn't get here with this horse. it's a 20 to one shot and I'm taking my own 20 20 to one shot with the other one that we'll talk about in a little bit but I looking at this horse it's like it, it almost like it freaked or got just the right setup to like to break the maiden was 23 to one and then the other time that this horse won on turf got went gate to wire and was 42 to one and it's like I feel like she does just randomly pop a huge race and Maybe that was what we had happen last out, and she's going to go back down in form. So I, I couldn't touch her, but at 20 to 1, uh, you're going to get every bit of that. Uh, next up for me, the number four, Anatolian, 8 to 1 here. Winner of two straight, or three of her last four. All of those were on dirt, but. Three of those those three wins were all rained off the turf. So, same situation that your pick was going with. The a Mike Maker trainee, uh, only one for five on turf, but has two close seconds as well and has run competitively. It was at the Saratoga meet, at the Belmont Park meet. And I love seeing Luis Sayas get the mount, and I think that's a big key as well. He's only, I should say only, 14% for, for Mike Maker. But anytime I see Sayas on a horse that I think has a chance, I want to use it you know, broke the maiden uh, for 16 K uh, on the Gulfstream Park turf and then went straight out of there into a synthetic race and ran really well. So she's got ability. Uh, is this the field that she might be able to get her first stakes win in? Possibly. But it's also her first try against stakes company, which a few of these are facing. So you see horses like the two, like the three, like even the four that they're taking a shot because outside of the nine, who are you really scared of in here?
0: Yeah, there's not a ton in here. I, I looked at this horse as well. She's five for thirteen lifetime, so you know that she likes to win races, which is obviously a positive when you're playing pick, set, pick X wagers. I'm just a little worried that this is going to be a little too short for uh, where she in her most competitive races. So yeah, she won a seven furlong race at Gulfstream Park, seven and a half furlongs, that was maiden claiming 16,000. So like bottom of the barrel. So I'm not going to give her a a full check mark there. And you you go to her turf races at Belmont and Saratoga, where she was against pretty competitive fields. Uh, She, you know, just wasn't quite good enough against those type of fields. Now you could make an argument like ever summer Highland grace. Those are some pretty good horses that she was running against those days. Um, But I feel like that, that going longer is a little bit more of her thing. And that's generally a little bit more Mike makers thing as well. Um, And I, she needs to improve off any of her races to be able to win this. And that that's the other, to me, the big concern with Anatolian. But again, the 8-1 to one price, getting Maker and as in a, a longer turf race, not, not a terrible proposition there. Um, I went to the rail. Lovely Princess with my third horse. This is the one that just kind of makes the most sense. It's a Kenny McPeak horse. Hernandez gets the mount. Three to one on the morning line. Uh, one here at Fairgrounds last time out is a 70 cent on the dollar favorite. I thought it looked pretty good. Um, didn't get the best trip that day. Was still able to get up and get the job done. Returning today at mile 16th. I, I don't love this horse. Don't love a lot of horses in here. But there are, <laughs> I don't know, four races you could point to that wins this against this field. If, if Tufani doesn't improve off her last. And so to me, the one in the nine are really the most logical two. And then after that, it's like, who do you want to take a shot with? And for me, trying uh, trying my heart out was the horse I wanted to take a shot with. But I looked at like Fancy Martini a little bit too. I looked at Sunatra a little bit too. So there are a couple others here where if you uh, are really interested in going after it, I think you can look at some other horses in here if you want to play them.
1: What odds do you think Lovely Princess is going to be? Because she was three to five against several of these last out, and one. Like, I know the nines in here are five to two. I, I looked at this and thought Lovely Princess was going to be the favorite by the time they break from the gate.
0: Yeah, I I can't disagree with you. I mean, like, if you're looking at, at buyers or time form numbers, she's got, on turf, the three best numbers in the race, right? And so it's like, okay, it's hard to make an argument that if she doesn't run any of those three races, someone's going to need to step up and beat her. The problem is she just doesn't inspire confidence like if you wanted to take a shot against her in this spot i don't hate it my strategy in this whole sequence is to kind of play uh logical horses and in that same race take one of the prices i like because i like a price in almost every single one but if you wanted to go like 239 or 2369 here i'm not against that idea especially if you think lovely lovely
1: princess getting bet off the board so actually one horse that does have better time form numbers than the one lovely princess is my next horse the number six fancy martini got a 119 four starts back that's better than anything a lovely princess has on time form fancy martini winner of three of her last five at a mile mile and the 16th mile and an eighth which means this mile and the 16th distance perfect for her she's been very popular at the 80k optional claiming ranks uh four yeah. back when she popped that 119 joe sharp lost her for 80 she was moved right up into a stakes company there for chris hartman didn't run very well, uh, was also 36 to one, so wasn't expected to run that well, and then dropped back down to the same eighty K optional claiming rank. She won. Joe Sharp took her off of Chris Hartman for $80,000, ran back at the same level. She won again, and Joe Sharp lost her again, and this time, oh shit, we're going to Diodoro. So <laughs> Diodoro gets his hands on a horse that already has talent, and now he's gonna run her first off the claim up into his stakes. And one other thing that's interesting here, Jimmy Graham, the jockey in, uh, in today's race, also rode when Sharp had her last out. Also rode when Hartman had her two back. So she's two for two with Jimmy Cram aboard with all of these uh, with these recent claims. I know he rode her in the past as well, but I think this horse is perfectly informed, and now you're giving her to a trainer that the horses just seem to do a lot better for when he suddenly gets his hands on them. Uh, the one thing that's concerning here, and, and why I have her third and not second, Four prior stakes tries. She's never been better than sixth. So we really need that Diodoro juice to be flowing extra strong to get her there. But if it is flowing, three in a row, all on turf for Fancy Martini.
0: Yeah, I, I booked it. Like I said, Fancy Martini, my fourth pick in here. Another one that I considered uh, to considered using. I it, it's look, it's a positive when horses get claimed a lot. It's also a little bit of a negative that you know, Sharp had her twice and didn't bring her up into Stakes Company, that he put her right back available for that same price, knowing that she could very likely get taken, right? So uh, it, some trainers clearly thought that this is a horse that fits that N2X80 level, but does not fit in the Stakes Company, and you mentioned it, where she has not been able to break through with Stakes Company before, and that's kind of where I landed here, is it she's a really good horse to use underneath, she's a really good horse to use at, at you know, in, in your tries, and your in your supers, because I think she runs on and gets a slice. I'm just i couldn't get her on top here and that was the, the big issue for me is that against stakes company i
1: think she's just a cut below i think ken ramsey is so desperate for trainers he's now fallen to the Doro ranks i just realized that ramsey owns this horse so and maybe Dior will win enough uh, ramsey can pay off all those uh, major debts he owes the good trainers last up for me number three sunatra 20 to one just because this horse projects to be lone speed and all three wins in their last seven starts were gate to wire got claimed out of a Goldstream Park synthetic route win and was entered for turf in the barn debut, but it got rained off. She quit, like quit hard, after a half mile. That's the only time she's ever tried dirt. So, all right, we learned for sure this horse, not a dirt horse. So assuming this race stays on turf, the weather looks good. I think that in her five-year-old debut, she's actually a bomb candidate here. If she can get loose, that uh, uh, course, like Dr. Tang was asking, for the place in speed favoring, it definitely can be on turf, but it is a Twin Spires turf course. So you know, one day it's speed favoring, the other day it's rat infested. So yeah, but like I said, you were taking your 20 to one shot. I'm taking my 20 to one shot and just hoping that this low percentage trainer who's 7% at fairgrounds uh, with Nievis aboard is 15%. Hoping that's what we can get the job done. But again, it was a bomb pick here, just looking for some value. Because like you said, outside of the nine, you just start taking some shots.
0: Yeah, I don't hate it. Um, Like I mentioned the three a couple times in earlier, you know, diatribes Mm -hmm. around a price that you could play. play. I I agree with you, probably projects to be on the lead. I went with the two instead of the three, simply because it feels like the seven, Unbridled Mary, who came out of a lot of sprint races um, at Los Alamitos and – or I'm sorry, Lone Star, Del Mar, and Santa Anita – is probably going to show pace here. Uh, you got Cohen aboard for McPeak. I, I would assume Cohen's going to send. We'll see what happens here back on the turf after running your last race on the dirt. The other question is really the eight, join the dance. Uh, Rosario's up, so we'll assume won't send, but has enough speed to be able to be a problem for the three. So we'll see how those three horses kind of shake up the early pace. Uh, Fancy Martini and Trying My Heart Out should sit beautiful trips right behind them, though. They, the three of them should be in the catbird seats. Uh, from a, a just stalking perspective, and then it's the question of whether or not you're good enough. That's the other reason why I don't want to just go one nine here. Um, if I was going to shorten it, I would single the nine. But if if I I you know I don't want to just go one nine and have
1: two closers who have to, you have to hope you have the right pace set up to to work it out. Well, that's an interesting one. I saw someone earlier say that I think it was Nick. Yeah, said he can't play this sequence because of this race. Well, that's okay because it starts off pick five now we're going to move into the pick four section of this race 10 is the silver bullet day stakes for eight three-year-old fillies going a mile and 70 yards because horse racing stupid why not do mile and the 16th like the other race that we got on the card for three-year-olds historically this has been a productive kentucky oaks prep race the fairground circuit and this race in its entirety where did you go on top I went with a six
0: West Omaha, uh, another favorite in here, two to one on the morning line for Brad Cox. I thought ran fairly well last time out, uh, got a little Rosario in that race. And I think it's interesting that we're switching from Rosario to size, even though he will be at the track, he's actually going to be on the one horse. Perfect shot there for Steve Asmussen. So uh, interesting that you're having that switch, especially since he's never ridden the one. However, Rosario and Asmussen do have a little bit of a history together. So not totally shocking there. Uh, west Omaha just feels like the best horse in here and if you look back at that last race it was only a six horse field not a lot of pace to chase gonna be a little bit different today there is going to be pace for her to be able to close into i think that's what she wants to do um it's kind of sit in that fourth spot third spot and be able to run down horses i think she has the best chance of doing that alpine princess not in the field today she would be the favorite if she were in this field she beat west omaha by two last time the eight horse sistina chapel coming in here for mcpeak in third in that race but if you look at kind of the splits uh the the six was running away from the eight that day so i i have the six west
1: omaha on top here uh which i think is a pretty logical top pick it is logical which is why i did it as well i almost singled here i thought a west omaha was a possible single she was my pick to win the untappable stakes off of that nice seven furlong maiden win at churchill downs and alpine princess it wasn't projected to be that way but alpine princess got to absolutely walk the dog up front and just had it uh too much left in the tank for a West Omaha to catch her. She did reel her in. She she was gaining on her by a length and a half and separating from the eight Sistina Chapel, uh, who we're both not using here. So I agree on uh, on using West Omaha I think it's an upgrade from Rosario to Saez. Like, Rosario's going to ride the Asmussen horse. Uh, I saw the the PR from Fairground said that Asmussen's top rider, Joel Rosario, and I was like, what year is this? Because <laughs> yeah, I don't right. think, I don't know. If that's true, Asmussen's having a really rough time right now. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with West Omaha here on top for Brad Cox. I agree with everything she you said as well. Speaking of the one, I went too deep. I did use the one perfect shot. I mean, Philly's steadily improving. She was fourth on debut, going seven furlongs. The horse that won ended up winning last week's Busanda Stakes. So, you know, it might not have been that great of a field or a race, but she did come out of that to win a Kentucky Oaks prep race. And then Perfect Shot ran second, going a one-turn mile on the slop. And then she tries two turns for the first time, gets the win. I think she gets a ground-saving stalking trip. And I'm hoping that if she's going to win, it's because she gets the jump on the six and the eight here. So I'm going to use the one Perfect Shot, but I know you passed on her.
0: I did. Um, I, I didn't want to use the two horses who I think are going to go off as the favorites. There's a couple of prices, and I hear in here I like. Uh, and I, I'm just not sure how good she is. Like, yeah, it was a nice sales price for Gunrider. Looked pretty good last time out. I did. I just for the setup, I think she wants. Like, I just, I I fear that you're going to get a Rosario right here. It's a part of it as well. (laughs) The rail is not his friend. And you're going to have this situation where he's going to have to work out a trip in fourth or fifth, use tactical speed and then be able to go. And that's just, that's asking a lot. Uh, from Rosario on your second favorite here where I think we both agree the favorite is the right favorite. I guess third favorite, but I don't think Christina Chapel's going to actually get bet. I think the perfect shot's going to get bet, and it's going to be clear second choice in this. So I didn't want to use the first and second choice, uh, especially when like I don't like the second choice that much. I think you're going to need a nice improvement, and I'm not sure it's the right spot to be able to do it. I am going to go right to the outside of perfect shot. Give me Accommodate Ava uh, as my second pick in this spot here. Really interesting start to her career, and you got to Like rewind back to Saratoga, restricted maiden special weight. Horse goes off as a favorite, gets bet off the board. Okay. Churchill, restricted maiden special weight. Horse gets bet off the board as a favorite again. So clearly, there's a lot of people who think this horse (laughs) has some talent. Uh Keeneland, restricted maiden special weight. We add blinkers. The horse wins at five to one. So that was the day. That was there's the wedding, right? Uh after two funerals in a row. Goes to Santa Anita in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. Phillies, which is what like, okay, we clearly think this horse has a ton of talent. If that's our choice, if we're going to make that kind of jump from a seven uh, furlong maiden special way to Keeneland all the way to the Breeders' Cup, uh, guess what? Didn't go well. Shocker. Uh, Goes back to fairgrounds. Ray Lou rides and then Brian Hernandez Jr. rides at fairgrounds uh, and back-to-back stakes races that are both state-bred. Wins the last two coming way or wins the last one, but last two races come from way off it with less than desirable posts going one turn stretching back out the two turns today clearly they think something of this horse based on the way that that it's Abe and bet B, who the jockeys have gotten and see where they have decided to place accommodate Ava I'm gonna read read the tea leaves here and say that this horse is live going two turns but won't get bet because of the maiden or because of the the breeders Cup juvenile Phillies race which I think is kind of not fair considering who else was running in is this one so i think accommodate ava, ava, accommodate ava has a big chance to come rolling late at a really nice price here love the fact that brian hernandez jr stays aboard we're stretching this one back out so i'll take the two as my second horse at 12 to 1. i,
1: I couldn't get here uh, i tried on this horse specifically because it's dallas stewart brian hernandez with a uh, Long shot, and the two of them together, 22 months in the last year, 23 percent winners. So they are doing well together, Hernandez and Dallas Stewart. Dallas Stewart, if, if you don't aren't familiar with him, he thinks that every horse he has in the barn is a is a multiple stakes winner, a Derby horse, an Oaks horse, like. He has very high ideals with a lot of his horses. Now, that's why I think you saw this horse go from a seven furlong restricted uh, maiden race straight into the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies and just was net shouldn't have been there, but Dallas was like, yeah, yeah, we got a good one here. I appreciate these taking a shot, but she's by Munnings. Uh, super sprinty i think this horse is the biggest impact that she's going to have is that because she's coming out of sprints and she broke that maiden going seven furlongs uh on the lead and even the race prior to that was one length off at the first point of call i think that she factors into the speed because she is breaking from the two post here but i really don't see her sustaining that especially remember fairgrounds has one of the longest stretches in north america and so that's a very like they come off the turn you're like okay they're coming to the wire no, wait, that was the quarter pole. All right, that was a 360. Move. Like, it takes forever to get there. I just don't see her being able to do it. I just see her sucking wind at, at two turns here.
0: Yeah, the first race at Fairgrounds is much like the first race at Kentucky Downs because they switch camera angles like four times in the stretch. <laughs> the third one is when you've won the race and, you're like, nope, one more camera. We still got a little bit to go here. <laughs> um, I Look, I don't disagree with you. I, I am, it's funny you say that about Dallas Stewart because he's still 11% in stakes races with a $1.46 ROI. Which is not bad when you think about it as how aggressively he places horses in those races. So, um, I, I, I agree with you in a sense that Dallas Stewart has a tendency to go Doug O'Neill on it and overplace horses. Um, but I am going to, I'm going I'm to trust that this one deserves to be in stakes company and came off a stakes win last time out, which, you know, there are worse things to do. Now, again, yes, it was one turn, not two turns. And I agree with you, the Munnings aspect that scares me a little bit. I am between two horses for my third horse in here. And so I'd like I'd like your opinion on which way I should go, and that is the three Miss Code West, who's coming in from Remington Park with my boy Floyd Wethy Jr. taking the mount here, four for four horse. Uh, she has shown the ability to go gate to wire and shown the ability to stalk. And the four horse, play good, pay good. Uh, first off, the claim for Dub and Actress, claim for fifty thousand dollars off Ravelli, and it's a congrats horse. Stands for seven thousand five hundred. That sold for two hundred and fifty thousand dollars now. The four is also cross-entered, so we may not have to make this decision on race day. But uh, what are your thoughts on the three and the four
1: here? Because I thought uh, both of them were a little interesting. You're muted. I think you made the correct decision with who to take. Sorry, I was uh, pulling up my uh, one of my best bets is about to go off a summer. No, I I think the three is the way to go. Three is undefeated uh, Oklahoma bread. But I mean, she's undefeated and she's looked good in every start all right
0: i'll stick with the three then miss code west here uh you mentioned it she's undefeated four for four took on state bread competition in her first three races graduated up to open competition and that was honestly her best race by far question is can she stock because i don't know if she's fast enough to get the lead and that's my my biggest concern but i don't think this is a group of world beaters like if if west omaha is let's say a good horse, not a great horse, then there's no one in here who is a great horse. It's, it's a bunch of horses that kind of fit the stakes company. We'll see what happens as they progress. And so willing to take a shot here a
1: little bit. So I will go two, three, six in this spot. The 3 to her credit, um, I mean, it was against Oklahoma bred, so you're not sure how good the competition was. But her first start and then the stakes win two back, both times she had to pass horses and and from several lengths off. So she does have that ability to go after horses and pass them and still win. It's just a question of can she translate that effort to open company because her open company win last out was gate to wire in the trapeze stakes. So, uh, yeah, I I don't hate you for that one. Quick question for you. Yeah, how many horses do you think Rob Atrus has claimed at Fairgrounds?
0: Or uh, Michael Dubb claimed at Fairgrounds? Uh, 5? <laughs> I mean the number's not very big, right? Yeah. It, oh, I I thought just, maybe he had
1: the number. I got excited. <laughs> no,
0: no. I'm I'm a assu- i am i am thought it might be like 2. I I'm like I I don't I don't it's less than this many. It's less than on one hand, right? And the fact that this <laughs> horse ran at Backwooduck before this and was being trained by Dutro and then goes to fairgrounds and gets claimed for 50 at fairgrounds for Dub and Atris. I It just feels like someone thought there was something about this horse that you had to get a piece of this horse. It's just a really interesting claim. And then, then, then the horse shows up here. I mean, I wouldn't completely discount the Ford just based off of that.
1: All right, we'll move on to the third leg of the late pick five at Fairgrounds on Saturday, January 20th. Race 11, the Colonel Bradley Stakes. We've got a field of nine older males routing a mile and a 16th. On the turf, where'd you go on top, bud? Well, the the aptly named horse, who took the money? The number six here
0: for Brett Calhoun. Uh, I guess, yeah, Brett Calhoun and uh, Parker is going to get the ride. Interesting, I've never seen this in my life. If you look at the past performances for who took the money, the last four races, the winner was a next-out winner. The race before that, who took the money won. The race before that, the horse was a next-out winner. And the three races prior to that, who took the money won. So in the last nine races, either this horse has won or been beat by a next-out winner. You're not as impressed by that as I am, are you?
1: I might know this information Oh, already. <laughs> well, uh,
0: look, that to me, that that kind of makes you... Forgive a couple of the second-place finishes that we have during that streak because during those races, who took the money has won four times and ran second three times. Well, all three of those times, guess what? Against the next-out winner. So against a pretty good horse that ran well horse seems to be coming into the best form of uh, of his life. He's got a couple races back um, in 2022, which were pretty solid. But it, the last couple races, specifically in the end of 22, early 23, and then here at end of 23, all been very good. This horse loves this fairgrounds turf. Five wins or five races, three seconds, two thirds. Uh, the distance, four races, two seconds, one third. Uh, to me, this is just a course, a horse for course who is in very, very good form and again like doesn't face any world beaters in here beatbox is going to be your favorite uh from the outside post sheree devoe we know we love her joel rosario we know we're not big fans of him um (laughs) but it's like uh, it just it feels like this is the right spot to take a little bit of a shot here and take the eight to one here on who took the money
1: uh i didn't put this horse on top but absolutely used who took the money and for all the reasons that you mentioned you know louisiana bred with three wins in two seconds and five tries over this turf course i don't care who you're beating you like this horse horse for course like you mentioned so uh i i have that one ranked third i went four deep here but um i didn't go as crazy for prices like i did in the first leg my top pick right there shoddy called it number nine beatbox five to two three back this horse returned from six months off ran an impressive third and a keeneland allowance just missed the win by a half length two back tracked a gate to wire winner every step still held on to second but it was a gate to wire winner uh you weren't going to be able to chase down two emmys last uh, or i'm sorry uh rising enemy rising empire looked at the wrong race last hour closed from 10th to finish second beaten one length that was the gate to wire winner two emmys and if two Emmys was here. Two Emmys would be their prohibitive favorite, probably four to five. Unfortunately, two yeah. Emmys tragically broke down during a recent workout. So a horse that I loved last year at the fairgrounds when we were playing uh, the fairgrounds circuit. So very sad to, to lose him there. But uh, the fact that this horse was right there with two Emmys, to me, says that uh, the nine beat box I think, is going to really have a good day. Boy, Rosario for Shredova. Hope this is, you know don't send the horse rosario that's my one que- uh, request just do not send the horse stupidly because she likes to come from or he likes to come from off of it
0: yeah, horses zero for two with Rosario up. Uh, that's not great, but you know,
1: second you by do? a length, third by a half length. It, it, I, I think that that's okay.
0: <laughs> I'm I'm heavy on the slander right now for B, for, for uh, Rosario. I use Beatbox as my second horse as well. I, I, this one yeah. makes a ton of sense. Um, it should have enough pace to chase here. Rosario picks up the mount. We rid this horse twice. Both of those were fairly good races. You mentioned the loss of Two Emmys last time out. Two Emmys would be a pretty heavy favorite. Did lose. To Rising Empire, two back, but Rising Empire walked on the lead that day. So they never really had a chance to be able to run it down. Um, so I, I'm going to go with the nine as well. Then I'm using the one horse here, uh, Protonic Power. Uh, Armando, Hernandez sends this, Armando Hernandez sends this one out. He's 20% of fairgrounds, 28% overall for the year with just 130 starters. Pedroza picks up the mount for the four straight time. Don't sell that last race too short. It was 42 to one that day. Had w- legitimate traffic trouble. At the top of the stretch, was still able to rally up and only end up two lengths off uh, two Emmys that day, just a length, uh, essentially a length and a half off of Beatbox. I think with a better trip would have been a much bigger factor at a monster price there, 42 to 1. I, I think we're going to get a little bit of a float on, on this one, too. I don't think we're gonna end up at 8 to 1. I think we're going to look more at the, the 10 to 12 to 1 range. I think strong quality is going to be bet off the board, too. Not really interested in using strong quality just because of all the pace and the fact that... Uh, he kind of backs up sometimes. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the one, the six, and the nine here to try and get through.
1: Boy, I looked at the one and at one point I had the one on my ticket, and I couldn't do it. The horse is one for nine on turf and, and runs better on the dirt. And it is in the mix in a lot of those turf races. And I fully agree with you. That race that you know I was pointing to last out for beatbox where two Emmys went gate to wire. Protonic Power was in this very similar position and it just had much worse traffic to run into than Beatbox. But I think this is a great horse to use underneath. I just couldn't pull the trigger on this horse in this race. But uh, I understand why you'd use it.
0: I would be careful because I do think this horse is getting better. That's the one like the I agree with you. The turf races have not been phenomenal, but the turf races, a lot of them were in the were earlier in 2023 like and and this horse, all five of the turf races. So this horse r- r- run twenty five times. All five of the turf races come in the last what nine races, ten races. So we didn't really have a turf look before that. He had and four the, turf starts before that. I'm just looking at five. Oh, I didn't see the nine. Okay, never mind then. I was just looking at the nine that or the five at the uh, at the distance versus the the
1: full breath. I gotcha. Yeah. But, but you're right. He has been in the mix. I just couldn't pull the trigger on this horse winning, but I think is a, a definite horse to use in the, ex, in the exotics because if you believe that he had a much better effort than the, the trip shows or what the uh, the result shows, he really hasn't been outside of the money all year long. So he's got that going for him, or at least since he's been gelded. So that's, you know, I'm a big proponent of gelding a horse can really make a move up. Uh, and it seems to have helped. And the, the last two turf efforts got a 117 time form, both of those, so yeah i i understand like i said i almost had this horse on and just couldn't as far as a win bet go for it so who else did you use number two strong quality will go next for me uh three to one so i'm using the top two horses here price wise but uh i think this is going to be your early leader and Florent. well assuming Florent jeroux does what he's supposed to do which you know how often does that happen but he's ridden this horse three uh, the last three starts and five of the last six each time the horse was first uh definitely first at the first point of call so that's good the horses had trouble finishing. You got to go all the way back to Keeneland, uh, the race one, two, three, four, five, six back when you went gate to wire, but it was a Keeneland allowance in the spring, so a very strong group of horses. Lots of stakes horses were there. He got the job done there. One start before that, a Gulfstream Park Championship meet allowance race. Got that win as well. Out of those two races, Mark Cassie was like, hey, this is a good horse. Let's go try the grade one Manhattan. Oops, that didn't work. Up to the mark is really damn good. All right, well, let's go to the grade one Arlington uh, Okay, no. Okay, we're not a grade one horse. That's not where we're at. Tried the $500,000 stakes at Kentucky Downs. Going gate to wire over that crazy ass track. Sometimes it happens, but not that often. Last two races were on dirt. Two back was a rained off turf effort uh, at $141,000 purse, and the horse won by over nine links. So I understand why they tried dirt one more time in the stakes race at Oaklawn Park. Finished third. It's, uh, some decent horses finished ahead of him, but we're back on turf here. And I think that's going to be the big help. And again, because this horse I project to be your early leader and I don't, maybe the three presses him a little bit. I think the two is awfully dangerous as long as he gets that early lead. And flow shown multiple times he'll do that with this horse. You, you left out the one thing I thought you'd mention. Lasix
0: matters for this horse. If you take out the races without Lasix... Uh, the record looks a lot better because it knocks Son out Son of a bitch, it,
1: you're right. I didn't even notice that. <laughs>
0: it knocks out the grade 1 million. It knocks out the Tappet. It, it knocks out the Manhattan. It knocks out the, the, uh, the $200,000 tinsel where he quit. And all of a sudden, you're left with three straight wins, uh, two of them going gate to
1: wire. LASIX works. Yeah. Blasics is the problem. Yeah.
0: Sure. They matter for strong quality. Um, I, I didn't <laughs> need strong quality because of what I think the price is going to be. And the fact that I do think there's enough pace to press here. Uh, I think there's a couple horses that feel like they have to get the lead. The three Brigador General being one of them uh, that I'm hoping the strong quality takes some pressure. And if that's the case, then that I think makes uh, it a lot harder for strong quality to win the race. But I wouldn't be shocked if, if strong quality
1: ends up uh, ends up your winner here. I just I chose to go against just because of what I think the price will be uh you did use brigadier general right another dallas stewart brian hernandez junior special uh first time turf they tried it a couple races back and it got rained off and one gate to wire at keeneland but i looked back through this horse's pedigree and guess it's out of a giant's causeway mare the mare and all the siblings terrible on turf They're not really that great anyways but definitely were, were dirt leaning so I left it off of that, but again, Dallas Stewart at a price with Brian Hernandez Jr., it's uh, crazier things have happened. They have, like me using this horse because I did not use it <laughs> uh,
0: in the Big Five here. I ended up uh, I ended up 169 here. So Patel Sorry, Simon. I looked at the, the wrong race. I'm so sorry. And beatbox, <laughs> I did use Brigadier General 2 back, which was kind of fun at Keeneland, uh, but hey. I agree. I think there's a dirt horse. Uh, so this is one where, like, if it rains off for some reason, which, by the way, it rained today at Fairgrounds, it's not completely out of the realm of possibility, Brigadier General gets a big upgrade.
1: Um, all right, last fun for me, number five, English Tavern, and this is—I was back and forth between the one and the five. So if the one ends up winning, I'm going to curse out English Tavern for the rest of his running days. I this was horse the ran two. It's <laughs> so, okay, so we'll talk about it a little bit. Uh, English Tavern ran in place uh, to finish, uh, start to finish, last out behind two Emmys and Beatbox and a bunch of other horses that were in there. One at this distance three races back. Versus Churchill down allowance runners and consistently runs a competitive race like the one. Michelle Lovell's known for springing upset or two on big days at fairgrounds, especially on the turf course, so that's where I went here, but you're getting a little better price on the one versus with the the five is. I just the five has one on turf within the last like year, so I'm gonna go with uh with the five English tavern on top or for not on t- on top of the one as my last pick here.
0: Yeah, I was able to get the job done three back uh at Churchill downs uh I, the last race was too damning for me that's why I went with the one over the five like everything went right for the five to beat B-Box and did not win and everything went wrong for the one and still i thought ran a really good race and so yeah the five could totally win this race but i felt like the one had a better chance to flip the script on the nine
1: uh funny story about michelle lovell the trainer and uh, jamie torres the jockey uh my first best bet of the day over at racingnews.com. it was a fairgrounds uh, race for horse number three and uh They almost stole that race gate-to-wire level, and Torres did. They actually crossed the wire first, but because the horse, as soon as Torres started left-handing it, the horse went about five paths out and altered the the course of my three, which was probably not going to finish first regardless. Uh, Got the DQ, so for the first time, I think ever, a disqualification helped me get a win. But uh, if you watched that replay or if you watched that race because it was one of my best bets, it was the best bet for Dudes Who Bet Daily, yeah that horse had no business winning so that was another thing i was like all right well taurus and level can they can horses you know with the price hopefully they can get something home six to one not a great price uh compared to 31 to one last out but i'm hoping for it i'm hoping for something here
0: i, I was with doc i thought we were gonna get a little bit of uh horse racing after dark here from that story and you really you disappointed me
1: oh sorry no, I don't know anything about Michelle Lovell and James. I mean, I do have some jockey trainer stories, but uh, you got to go to the Magic Mike Only fans yeah. for that kind of content. Uh, the f- uh, penultimate leg. I almost didn't say it, Mike. The penultimate wow. leg of wow. the late pick five fair crowns on Saturday, January 20th. Race 12, the Louisiana Stakes presented by Re- uh, by Ray Lou Gutierrez. I think that is uh, a grade three race. Seven older horses, mile in the 16th on the dirt. This is... Oh, I, I, this was my least favorite race of the of the whole sequence. Is, I think it's just a, a mess. I mean, your defending champion is back. It's Happy American. He's 0 for 8 since then. We've got Confidence Game from last year's Derby Trail. Saudi Crown uh, from last year's Summer Stakes. Red Route 1 from last year's Derby Trail. Smile Happy from the Derby Trail two years ago. <sighs> Where'd you go on top? I hate this race
0: so much, the Confidence Game is going to win it. That's that's how it feels. Um, <laughs> Uh, I went with I went I feel like you have to choose between two Smile Happy and the three Saudi Crown. I think that's the yep. first thing you, you can't play both, so you got to pick A or B. I'm gonna go with A and play the two Smile Happy here for McPeak and Hernandez over the three Saudi Crown for Cox and Giroux. I, I respect what Saudi Crown's been able to do. I want to see Saudi Crown do it going a mile and sixteenth over a faster course because that to me is still a question mark. Both of the uh, the the Jim Dandy and the Pacific, uh, Pennsylvania Derby, both a mile and an eighth over the slop. Uh, both what I thought were favorable trips for Saudi crown was able to win one. Uh, the parks races at, at Pennsylvania Derby, but really was sucking wind. Uh, Dreamlake was coming uh, in that race. So uh, I'm going to try and take his play against Saudi crown here. And you go back to smile happy. This horse has run phenomenally uh, off the bench here. So breaks the maiden first time out at Keeneland gets an 82 buyer, comes back at fairgrounds for the risen star first off the layoff. Run second to Epicenter. Ever heard of him? Uh, Oakland Park, first off the layoff. Runs in a $50,000 allowance. Gets 101 buyer. Wins it rather easily. Now we're coming first off the layoff here. First time out as a five-year-old. The trip is right. The horse has tactical speed. I don't think Saudi Crown is going to get that far away from him, and I do think Saudi Crown is going to face a boatload of pressure here. Five-star general will want to go. Confidence game has some early pace. Kapuna wants to go. So three or four horses here early are going to be up vying, vying for the lead. Smile Happy should be able to sit right behind him and get first run. So I put the two Smile Happy on top.
1: I, I agreed with you. you got to decide between the two and the three. When I realized that the two was a McPeak, it, it was going to be a bet heavily. I was like, I, I'm not going to touch it. <laughs> I, I will let Smile Happy beat me just about every single time. The only time I've ever picked him to win was actually the grade one bluegrass stakes. And I thought that he uh, uh, put in a good effort, but Zandon caught him and beat him. He's He pops up and he wins, right? He won the grade two Ali Sheba. He had that Oakland Park allowance win that you talked about uh, first off of a layoff. Couldn't pull the trigger on this horse. He, he drives me insane. I'm, I'm going to let him tr- continue to beat me each time. So I did pass on him. I did put five-star general on top here, and uh, this is a horse that won the tenacious stakes last time out over the same course and distance. Six of the seven stars that he had in 2023 were very consistent, strong efforts. Three wins, two seconds, and a third. The only time he faltered was the grade two Lucas Classic, and that was much tougher horses, I think, than what he's facing depending on what Saudi Crown does this year, but you and I both have uh, some question marks about him. He didn't lead at first call in two of his three wins last year. And so that tells me he can let Saudi Crown go. And if someone else wants to go, he has the ability to back off a little bit, stalk just behind them. And as soon as Saudi Crown or someone else starts getting leg-weary, I think he's going to have uh, the ability to get done. The fact that he won over this course in distance, last out, and was able to keep extending and keep running in that long stretch also gave me some confidence. With the five star general, five five star general, that's why did he have to draw that post? That's uh, terrible. <laughs> it it's, makes the world a little or the, a little rougher. You think that Clapton and Trademark are better than this group?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Hmm.
1: Depending on what Saudi Crown turns into this year, yes.
0: We have very different opinions on uh, on <laughs> uh, Not that I think Smile Happy is like a world beater. I just I I would. I mean, I would... trademark
1: trademark won the Grade Two Clark stakes in his last effort, right? And then he beat First Mission by a nose. And First Mission is going to be either first or second choice in the Pegasus World Cup. So yes, I do think that Trademark is better than these horses.
0: Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We we just shall saying. see how that plays out. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I would take Smile Happy over Trademark, but we'll see what happens. Um, and, it, and Saudi Crown also could be. I'm not using Saudi Crown. Saudi Crown could be a very good older horse this year. (laughs) Like, that could be, that could end up being a monster. Um, I'm going to go too deep here. I mentioned all the pace. Uh, Give me the one, red route one. And this is surely a. Will the race collapse? If yes, check the box for red route one. That's what's going to need to happen here. You mentioned the long stretch. Uh, That benefits a horse like red route one, who Mm -hmm. wants to close from way back and needs all of the ground that he can get to possibly get up. This just—it feels like a scenario where you've got Saudi Crown, you've got Five Star General, you've got Kapuna. They go out, they start to press each other. Smile Happy takes the lead to the top of this mid early stretch away from the three of them, and then Red Route Run is just trucking. Uh, and we'll see if you can get there. We'll see if if Smile Happy gets gets essentially weakened because of what I think the early fractions are going to be. I looked at Happy American 2 to fill this void because it was, to me, between the 1 and the 4 is the other horse I was going to use. And I went with Red Route 1 because Happy American has sucked since he ran here well. Uh, <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. want to say, oh, that's the horse for the course. He didn't look great last time over this course. And so it, it made me just kind of get off the Happy American train, ended up with the, the 1 Red Route 1. Uh, but I do like the 2 Smell happy the most in this spot.
1: So Red Route 1 uh, is, if I went three deep, this is the horse I would use for all the things that you mentioned. The difference between him and Happy American is that Red Route 1, when he's trailing early, he's still going to close. Happy American, when he's trailing early, he's just going to be in their end all night, and it's never going to really get out of their end either. So he just, just loves to park it right behind the rear end there and uh, and stay in that spot. Hey, I can't blame him for it. Some people are like that. Uh, the other horse I did use, after kind of poo-pooing a bit, I went with the number three, Saudi Crown, because this horse is fast, very fast early. He's making his four-year-old debut, so you would hope that this horse can take a step forward. He's going to need to. They're also here instead of the Pegasus, which is a little interesting, but they're prepping for the Saudi Cup because the owner uh, is is Saudi. He wants this horse to come over there and and compete for that race. I don't usually like Saudi crown in spots like this where he's going two turns. He's going longer than eight furlongs because if if you remember, and I remember him very well last year, the Dwyer had every chance to win. Let Fort Bragg go. Fort Bragg's good horse. Let Fort Bragg go by the Jim Dandy horse. Jim Dandy race had every chance to win. Forte got by him, and it really should not have been able to let Forte get by him. I read hijinks aside, I still think that he was uh, one that you got to watch out for. The Pennsylvania Derby, he got the win barely. You mentioned Dreamlike was closing in on him there. If he gets left alone, I think Saudi Crown can be able to get there, but. I, at that price, it's 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 almost as nervous playing him as I am at Smile Happy at nine to five.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I just feel like I don't have any clue what I'm gonna get from Saudi Crown. Like, and 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 to me, it's like okay, either I'm in a single and trust that this horse is a monster, or I'm not going to touch him. And and to me, it was the not going to touch him route. I kind of think it's a negative that they're not going to Pegasus and then going on um, because what is it a week apart?
1: Really, like that's your big. You know that's that's the you need that extra week to be able to go running in the Saudi Cup. Well, so, remember that Brad Cox trains both of them, and as I already said, First Mission is going to be your favorite or second choice, and Cox thinks that he's got a potential horse of the year in First Mission. Yeah, well, go for the money, not not the one hundred twenty-five thousand <laughs> dollars stakes here. Uh, we'll see what happens. It's prepping for the twenty million dollar Saudi Cup. They are going for the money. He just needs to get a start in first. Go for all the money. Don't go for half the money.
0: uh I guess the the Pegasus really isn't isn't what it used to be either. It's
1: never not twelve million anymore.
0: It's not as fun as it used to be. So, uh not as as lucrative as a spot. We'll see what happens. I, I still think it's a negative that you end up here at fairgrounds running for one hundred seventy five k versus finding a, a spot that's a little more prestigious. But hey, you know it is a it is a Grade Three. So you got to give him some credit here. You get to face Red Route One and all of his friends. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, yeah, give me the one uh, or two
1: here. Let's hope the smile haven't
0: get it done, or this thing collapses and Red Bull well One closes like crazy. Uh,
1: this was the one race where we were completely different uh, with the horses we use, and, and like Mike said, you could very well see confidence came come in here with <laughs> for so for Keith DeSormo and Corey Landry. That wouldn't it'd be frustrating, but you would be like, yeah, okay, I could see it. A lot of these horses were shit. <laughs> I mean, Kapuna and, and Calh- Calhoun have won races for me before, so Let's see what happens there. Two of the seven. With Relu aboard. Yeah, neither of us have used a Relu horse yet. We'll see if that's going to change. It's not because he doesn't have a mount in the fifth and final leg. That's too bad. Someone's going to regret that. Race 13, the grade three lecomp stakes. We've got eight three-year-olds. All Colts entered to go a mount the 16th on the dirt now coming into... Yeah, well, I guess it, yesterday I thought, oh, Awesome Road for sure is going to scratch because Turfway Park has the Leonidas Stakes, Brad Cox has two other horses entered in here, and his jockey, his main jockey from Turfway was named here, but his uh, Concepcion was also named on Awesome Road at Turfway along with six other horses, and this was his one mount. Ooh. And then Turfway canceled everything, and I went, oh, well, maybe he's going to run mm. here anyway. I, I kind of hope he does because it'll be a little bit of extra takeout because there's I almost singled in this spot as well. Where'd you go on top? That's funny because I used Awesome Road. Um, <laughs> I I actually,
0: I'm surprised by this. This is actually not being like ridiculously biased. I put Ethan Energy on top. I thought he was, uh, he has the best price or best shot here, especially at a price. He got four to one. Um, and it, like you go back and you watch that fairgrounds race where this horse broke the maiden and you're like, yep, this is a runner. Like this horse is pretty darn good. It's an Uncle Mo out of a Harlan's Holiday mare, Stone Street Stables, Homebred. They decided not to sell this one to keep it. Giroud rides that day. You're getting saiz today. Like, I get that Giroud chose Nash over over Ethan Energy. I'd rather have Sia's riding for me anyway. So I'm 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 excited about that choice. Good job, buddy. Way to go, Florent. Um, so I, I I think the Ethan Energy sits a nice trip here. I. I there's quite a bit of speed, which you expect to see in these races. Ethan Energy doesn't need to be on the lead, was sitting in nice fifth place at the half-mile last time out, was able to close and get the job done. Uh, I thought they actually closed that race pretty well. This horse won handily, absolutely drew off, winning by five. Yeah, it's a step up, uh, but it's second off the layoff. Second out as a three-year-old. There's logical reasons why this horse takes a step forward, and when you compare it to everyone else's numbers, we're really not that far off. I mean, the one Nash freak was is head and shoulders above what everyone has in here. But the last race from Nash really left me a lot to think about. Wasn't that impressed. Just kind of chased and couldn't get it done. We'll see what happens this time. But, uh, yeah, for me, five, Ethan Energy on top.
1: Uh, A couple other things to mention because I used as well. Um, First, last time when he broke the maiden, first time rounding, it was first time without blinkers. And I thought for a horse that was just making a second career start and you make a change like that, taking the blinkers off, Oh, they can get kind of squirrely and he seemed to respond very very well to that and if you look at that debut race going six and a half furlongs at keeneland that's been a pretty productive uh race to to have been in so far the winner subsequently second and third in a pair of stakes uh, second place dominated Maiden's next out in his next start. Third place was third and second in the next two starts. The second place came behind Imperial Gun, who was a very nice recent winner for Steve Asmussen. And fifth place subsequently won two straight, including a stakes race, uh, and looks like he's going to be a big player for Sherry DeVoe. So uh, I'm with you. If someone's going to take down you know, the favorite, Track Phantom, it, it's not going to be Nash that I want to take. It's the cox horse with the better price, the better jockey that is a half-brother to a multiple-grade stakes winner named Royal Charlotte. And as I told you, we're trying to convince you why we needed to, to pick up this horse, which I don't think really... I put on a full court press to convince Mike to, to claim this horse. And he was like, okay, <laughs> you were on board pretty easily. Uh, Stone Street has been touting this horse since June. They first posted about this horse at June. that they were uh, In June, they were so excited about his chances uh, at, once he hit the track and everything. So yeah, I love Ethan Energy. I also did use Track Phantom, and this is where uh, Rosario is going to be back aboard if you're Christian Torres, do you really regret the decision to have passed on coming to fairgrounds and stay at Oakland Park? Because you're now freezing your ass off in Hot Springs. You've got no chance of making money for the next four or five days. And you might see the horse that you rode to win the Gunrunner win the Lacombe Stakes and go, Shit, maybe you fire your agent something like that. Uh, but for me, Track Phantom, four starts. Each one seems to have improved upon the last while being solid in of itself. And... I you know what, what I guess I want to ask you what trip do you think happens because projections say Nash and Track Phantom will go to the lead, but it's Drew and Joel Rosario riding. Which horse ends up going to the lead? How does that shake out? This is this is a weird situation.
0: Yeah, um, and if you look at some projections, the one horse next level is actually supposed to be the speed in this spot too. So uh, it will be yeah. interesting to see who decides to go and who where what what type of pace we have. I think I think it's Nash. I think at this point, if you're Brad Cox, you just go to Florent. Hey, buddy, we're 0 for 2. And we haven't made the lead. We're 1 and 0 when we made it. So it's one of those situations where you're like, I want Nash to go to the lead if you're a Nash backer. I think the fact that Cox has three horses in here, two of which don't need the lead, one of them wants to be forwardly placed, also tips the hand for Nash to go forward. So we'll see what happens here. Uh, but I would expect Nash is going to be your leader, especially since he drew the two post.
1: Well, I mean, he drew inside of... Uh he drew inside a track phantom last time and track phantom still, you know, beat him to the punch. And he's it's a thing where you get super frustrated with a jockey like Flo because the horse went gate to wire for Flo and just absolutely freaked. And then the next start, he doesn't, he doesn't break like a rocket, but he didn't break poorly. And Flo just was like looking around, letting everybody go by. And I'm like, Wait, what why are we experimenting? What are you doing? You've got a two to five favorite who's supposed to be this, you know, potential Kentucky Derby winner. And you're just dicking around on him like that. And then you let Sneed beat you. And I mean, Sneed's okay. But I mean, his name is Sneed. How good is he really? Yeah. And it, um,
0: it does look like next level is, go- is a scratched as is Awesome Road. So those the one in the. Eights, oh, OK. I did see I was out. I
1: texted Shadi and she didn't get back to me yet, but I was wondering yeah. who the two confirmed defections were. Yeah. So. So um, Brad Cox will run Nash and Ethan
0: Energy, but said Awesome Road will be scratched. Trainer Kent DeSormo will scratch next level. Well, Tizzy Indy is only possible. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see what happens here as uh, as as this kind of plays out as well. I think Nash from the rail is, is going to be your speed um i think track phantom is probably pressing and it, we'll see what happens and how this sets up i think it's interesting the kangaroo stays in this race that one to me is a, a kind of a question mark here of what you do because that's a horse that's been a, a turf horse not a dirt horse um that is staying in here for Barcassi and going to try the
1: turf and or try the dirt here and see what we can do after two lackluster maiden special weight starts yeah that was the one i thought if i went three deep that i would use can group and, and mark cassie did this with war of will right a, tor- a son of war front uh did very well on turf and he put him on the dirt for the Le Comte, and he did so well that he won the preakness Stakes. so uh great horse war of will there um did you want it because awesome road scratch and i know you were traditionally going to use this source do you want to replace with can group or do you just want to stick too deep here i'm going to stick with my guns okay just to stick too deep. Yeah, Ken Group, uh, he looks so good on turf. I understand why they're taking the shot here. I mean, t- to be fourth in the previous Cup Juvenile Turf behind a stablemate, my boy Prince, it's a half-length miss there. That's, you know, good effort from him, but it just seems like turf is where he's really supposed to be meant to be. So uh, Mike's going 5-7. I'm going uh, – no, I'm going 5-7, and Mike is going – you're also going 5-7. That's not yep. right. You are yeah. going 5-7. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah.
0: No, no with, the, with the defection. The, the scratches area.
1: are throwing me off. <laughs>
0: 12, 36. I am going to add the four, the, the, uh, the dub claim, which I was between the three and the four. I'm going to add the four into that race. Oh, okay. Because, because now my cheap chick is a little cheaper. So I'm, I'm going to do some quick math here.
1: Yeah, uh, while you do that, uh, Sigmund Doza mentions uh, Latlong, the sixth horse. Now, if you were to play a McPeak this sequence, I think this is the one, <laughs> This is the one because it's not heavily favored with an up-and-down form. Uh, horses, you know, it, it's a typical McPeak horse, runs a couple of times on dirt, and they say, all right, well, we're going to put you on turf, and ran about the same there. Came back to dirt, got second to track Phantom when he broke his maiden, missed him by five lengths, but he took a nice step forward, uh, last out of Oakland Park, going a mile and a 16th on the dirt there, Got the win by two and a quarter. lengths. had a nice stalking trip there. I could... It wouldn't shock me if Lat... I guess it, it would piss me off. But if Long took another step forward, he could be in the mix. I just think he's he's probably an exotic horse at best right now. Maybe down the road, he's going to sneak up and win one of these. Right now, third's probably his ceiling.
0: Yeah, I, I think this is an underneath horse in this race. But at some point, this is a live 20-to-1 shot. The question is when that will be. I don't... I just... The problem with, with McPeak in a – like, now we're in a six-horse field that may go to five. Like, that's not a McPeak race. McPeak wants 12 horses where he can get a 20-to-one shot home. And uh, <laughs> Latlong yeah. was beat by Track Phantom a couple races back. Latlong faced Dornock has faced good company uh, in his, his young career. Shown some talent. The price is going to be right at some point. I think we're a little bit early here. and And I think the issue, too, is that – Nash and Ethan Energy, I think, are legit. I think Track Phantom is as well. This is a t- this is a salty five or six horse field, especially when you consider Cang Group has shown some, some talent on the turf and we're switching over to dirt. So tough spot for that long to try and jump up and win.
1: That's gonna do it for this episode of the Magic Mike Show. Thanks for joining us to talk about Fairground's late pick five, an all stake sequence with a fifteen percent takeout guaranteed pool of two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Go way over that one. Uh, but thank you run? for <laughs> what's
0: that? Over under seven hundred and sixty five thousand in late pick five.
1: I'll go wonder. I think a lot of people would be too cold and, and pissed off to be betting fairgrounds at, at night. So, By the way, fair I like to call fairgrounds where they run at night but never turn on the lights. Cause it is ridiculous.
0: They, Do we really need 13 races? Do we need to pick five in the fourth and fifth race also?
1: No. No. But, you know, it's a Twin Spires run track, so... Yeah. What are you gonna do? Anyways, uh, we've got our tickets down below. If you're watching, take a look. If you're a podcast listener, we're gonna read them out for you. I'm gonna start for fifty cents. I'm gonna go three, four, six, nine with one six with two five six nine with three five with five seven. That's sixty four dollars for me, Mr. Sumich. I'm gonna play a seventy two dollar ticket total. So
0: for fifty cents, I'm going one two nine with two three four six with one six
1: nine with one two with five seven. Seventy two bucks for fifty cents. Uh, make sure you check out Blinkers Off. The guys are already live earlier today, but they covered all of the big races at Fairgrounds and, and a couple of main special weights as well. Check out some of the undercard races at Fairgrounds. Those maiden races have got some uh, potential interesting horses there, so uh, make sure you take a look. Also, May Moon from the Racing Dudes Triple Crown Fantasy League is debuting at Santa Anita on Saturday in the opener uh looks like he's got a good chance but there's a million dollar yearling also trained by baffert who's in that spot so it could be a good showdown pratt riding the million dollar horse maymoon has jj hernandez <laughs> oh pedlo uh yeah we're just gonna leave that comment there uh head over to race for free picks for every race every track across the country over on the best bets page i now am officially 10 of my last 11 tip sheets i pick three race at least three races a day Ten of the last eleven have turned a flat profit, so we're going to see uh, what the fortunes bring us uh, for the rest of the weekend. So take a look over there. I've just sell- I'm selling those for just ten dollars, and join the Discord. Shoddy says if you're uh, watching, just click on the link in the chat. That'll work. Mike, you've got a big day in- or big weekend in Vegas coming up. What do you think?
0: we got conference or uh, i'm sorry the divisional round in the nfl so four games two saturday two sunday gonna be a lot of fun uh gonna have be on the handle from four to seven pacific on saturday and then uh right in between lombardi line and brent musburger's countdown to kickoff on sunday morning uh, so that'll be 9 to 11 a.m. on Sunday leading into the uh, the games. Should be a lot of fun, Sunday especially. Looking forward to the Bills-Chiefs game quite a bit. I think you're going to see uh, points galore in the San Francisco 49ers-Green Bay Packers game. So played the over there, played the under in the Chiefs-Bills already. Uh, got a couple articles up on Visa in there. Going to pick up some props for tomorrow once I get the, all those come released. So we'll have those up as well. Should be a lot of fun this weekend with the uh, the NFL. And then you also have FloCal as well. So if you're a tournament player. Oh, well, that's uh, right. The- first of the Grand Slams are this weekend, $1,500 entry, $250,000 ent- or max- or minimum pool guarantee. They will also go way over that, by the way. Thanks, horse racing. Uh, <laughs> I ran second in this one last year for
1: $81,000. So hopefully we can uh, improve on last year's. <coughs> <coughs> Excuse me. You said how much? I'm kidding. I heard that. Congratulations to you and uh, best of luck with that. Check out Mike on the VSIN network on YouTube at VSIN. That's where he's hanging out all weekend long talking football. Until next week when we're back for some more shenanigans, I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. Good luck this week. The Magic Mike Show. Where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb. Because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com.